Hey, this is Pastor Brian. I want to welcome you to the Reach Church Podcast. We hope this message helps and encourages you wherever you are in life and brings you closer to Jesus. We hope you enjoy the message. Luke chapter 2, we're going to read 13 through 19. And um, I think this is a powerful passage of Scripture. And here's the deal about Christmas that I don't like as a pastor. Is, is that sometimes it's not the funnest sermon to have to preach because people already tune you out like, oh, it's just Christmas. It's a Christmas story. But here's the cool thing is that within the power of the word is that it's alive. So God is always revealing different aspects of Christmas about Christ in it for us to see. So here's what I want to ask you to do is open up your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit, God, teach me something. God, allow me to make something applicable in my life that maybe I've forgotten or I've, I've kind of put off to the side. And so this is, this is what we're going to start reading is Luke 2, verse 13. We're going to start. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened, what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for everything that you say you do. God, that you are a God that is faithful to your word. You are a God that God thinks about our well-being long before we care about our well-being. And God, I thank you that this Christmas story is a reminder of your goodness, your faithfulness, your love. And Lord, I thank you this morning that it would resonate in people's hearts to know that they are not forgotten, that they are not something small, God, that they are something very meaningful that was revealed through the Christmas story that God had a plan and sent his son to redeem us. And so God, we thank you today as we live out our lives serving, loving and fulfilling the call of God in our lives to make you more famous today than you were yesterday. If you believe that, you can say amen. If you're writing notes, you can write this down. This is the title, A Gift I Didn't Know I Needed. A Gift I Didn't Know I Needed. And, you know, many of you this this week, you're going to open up Christmas gifts, and you're going to get gifts from somebody that you didn't know you needed. They thought you needed it. But you're going to be like, what is this? And they're going to be like so happy that they got that gift for you. And you're going to look at it like with a smile on your face and say, thank you. And it's going to be a gift that they thought you needed because it was a gift that that was given to them that they wanted to re-gift. Right? Right? There's going to be, here's the cool thing about Jesus. Jesus doesn't re-gift. Right, like he gives you what he knows you want. But in, here in a little bit, in the next day or two, you're going to get gifts that you didn't know you needed. <laughs> and then there's going to be other ones that you're going to get that you actually didn't know you needed. And you're going to have them and you're going to be like so grateful that someone thought about something you didn't think about that you needed. And you're going to love it and you're going to have this gift and you're going to be like bragging about it. And I think that that's in essence what this Christmas story is about. It's about a gift that you and I didn't know we needed. We didn't know we needed the Savior, but Jesus knew we needed the Savior. 
And that's the beauty of this story. It's, it's, it's this setup where God sends Jesus to redeem and rescue us. And here we see, man, everything that God said he would do, he did. Everything that was fulfilled in scripture, he did. And, and there's so much in this that I would want, I could go into, but I really want to preface on three different aspects of the Christmas story overall, over the things we've covered over the last four weeks. And this first thing that I want you to see is this, and this first point I think is really important to set up because this is what makes it the most important thing about Christmas is, is this aspect, and this is the first point. Jesus came to rescue us from ourselves. See, how many of y'all know that we are our worst enemy? It's not Satan oftentimes, it's us. But Jesus came to rescue you from you. That's the, power, that's the most powerful thing about Christmas is that God said, hey, there's some stuff going on in the world. And Jesus said, hey, I can rescue them from them. And that's exactly what happens in this Christmas story is Jesus has rescued you from you. Because oftentimes we don't take care of ourselves like we should and God sent Jesus to fulfill and to take care of us so that we wouldn't self-implode. And, you know, here's the crazy thing. That as we read this story and Mary is carrying this baby, this virgin, through the, she's been impregnated through, by the Holy Spirit, that this is the beauty of it. Had Mary is carrying something that she doesn't even know she fully needs. That, that she's actually allowing her own life to be able to rescue what she's actually going to need in a, in a few years. And that's the beauty. I think God works through, this is what I think, is, was Mary a sinner? Yes. Was Mary, did she have an attitude that was wrong? Did she do things that were not like where she could say, I am holy and righteous? She was a righteous woman, but she was still a sinner. Check this out. This is the cool thing about, about who Jesus is. Because so many times we, when we are in the church and we're living life as Christians and believers, the appearance of being perfect is what we feel like we have to be. And it's, it's a standard that none of us can fulfill. And so we set ourselves up to fail. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't pursue righteousness, we don't pursue holiness, but we can never be perfect. Imagine how Mary felt carrying the righteous, the, the Messiah in her womb, knowing she's a sinner. Imagine that. And this is the beauty of, of what, I would, what I want to talk to you about for just a second. God works through the brokenness of our humanity to save humanity. He works through a Mary that is, a, 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 she is broken in her humanity, yet God says, I still want to use you to reach humanity. That God uses your brokenness to reach people who are broken. God uses your story, he uses your life, he uses the things that you've gone through, and he uses it, and he allows the Spirit of God to come through you to be able to rescue humanity. Mary and Joseph are two people. Joseph probably got an attitude. Joseph probably had some things going on in him as Mary's starting to show more and more, and he's like, ah, you know, I mean, there are some things going on. I think that we sometimes just we see movies and we see cartoons of the star and all these different things. And it's like, 
you know, Joseph was just 100% always on board. No, there was, there was a neat reason why God had to send an angel and give him a dream. Because there were some things going on in his heart. And I love the beauty of this, of the reality. And this isn't just a story. This is a true, this is a reality for us. That God used broken humanity to reach humanity. So here's my story. Here's the beauty of the Christmas story. We're all broken. Every one of us have sinned. We have thought wrong thoughts. We have done wrong things. We have had wrong attitudes. And God can still use our brokenness in our humanity to reach humanity. When we allow the Jesus in us to be the very thing that we want to promote, it is the very thing that rescues people. It's the love and the grace and the mercy within us that rescues the brokenness of humanity. And, you know, there, here another thing is, is that I think sometimes many people are trying to get peace outside of Jesus. And there is no peace without Jesus entering our world. The Bible says that it was dark until Jesus showed up. Dark, right? Have you ever been in a dark place? You are not at peace. If I shut the lights off, everybody's going to be like, their heart rate's going to start going up. They're be like, what's going on? Are we, like, right? Like darkness equals no peace. And that scripture that I read, the scripture that Alicia read earlier, like without the light in here, you have peace right now. Your heart's, you know, your heart's at a, a nice steady rate. You're kind of chilling. Some of y'all are maybe going to sleep. That's okay. I'm just kidding. Everybody's awake. I see that. Wake up. I'm kidding. But, but we search to find what is only found in him, and that's peace. Many times we search to try to find peace, and Jesus came so that he could give you peace. And we search so many things. We think, oh my gosh, if I can get my bank account to this, that'll give me peace. If I can get that relationship, it'll give me peace. If I can have this, it'll give me peace. And we really, as believers, it's like, are we really duped that much that we think that those things will give us peace? The reality is, is that you don't have peace outside of Jesus. And many of you in this room have been searching the world. You've been lifting up all these different things, trying to discover, trying to check your bank account, trying to check a relationship, trying to do different things. Success or reputation and all of these things, and that will give me peace. And the reality is, is it always falls short. There is one, there is one type of peace, and it is the peace that comes from Jesus. That's why the, when she read that, he is the prince of peace. He is the only one that can distribute peace into your lives. If, you're, if you don't have peace in your life today, it is accessible. It is accessible through the reality of Jesus being what he's capable of being in your life, and that is peace. He can be peace for you. You know, Jesus did for what, did for us, what, how many of you guys have, you guys have some pretty incredible accomplishments. If, if, if I was to go out and, and ask people, you'd be like, well, this is what I've done. I've gotten a, I've graduated high school. For me, that was an accomplishment. I'm the only, still to this day, I'm the only male C to ever graduate high school. Still to this day, I'm the only male C. Now, my, my nephew's looking pretty good. I think he's going to make it. <laughs> and that wasn't because we were dumb. That's just because we just didn't care about school. And, but I was the first one. And, and so that, for me, that was a huge accomplishment. But for some of y'all, it may be college. It may be a career. It may be you got married. It may be you had kids. It may be, like, there are so many different accomplishments in the room. And 
here's the thing we have to understand. Jesus did for us what in our greatest accomplishments we couldn't do for ourselves. I don't care how accomplished we are, it all of us still required Jesus. All of us still need Jesus in a level and in a way that regardless of how accomplished we've become, still need him. See, this is what we oftentimes think we need Jesus when we're in our darkest seasons, and then we kind of abandon him a little bit as we become more accomplished. Accomplishment is actually dangerous for you when you don't understand where it's coming from. And Jesus, in his greatest accomplishment, in our, I mean, in us, in our greatest accomplishments, still pale to meet the standard of eternity. That we are lost without him. That it took the gift that we didn't know we needed to redeem us. And, it's, and, and some of us have, have seen the, the, the Christmas, you know, the gift under the tree, and it's like, oh, I don't really need that. I don't really need that. I don't really need that. And the reality is, is you need to open it because you need it. You need Jesus not experiential. You need Jesus not just because you showed up to church and that's what well, that was my experience. You need Jesus personally. You need Jesus in your life where he lives and he guides and he talks to you and he walks with you. And he does all, that's the gift that Jesus is. Jesus isn't just the gift that you open up and then you put on your shelf. Like there's many of you who are going to open up a gift and you're going to say, thank you. And you're going to go put it in your closet. You're going to go throw it on Marketplace. (laughs) And then they're going to see you put it on Marketplace. Don't do that. All right? Don't do that. But the reality is, is this gift, we've got to be really careful with putting Jesus up on a shelf and being like, thank you for my salvation. There is so much more that Jesus has for you than just the gift that you was like, thank you for eternity, thank you for salvation. God is wanting to do so much more in you and through you. Look, we need Jesus in ways we may not understand yet. See, this gift, this is the cool thing when I say it's the gift, y'all know the gift that keeps on giving. That is literally the epitome of Jesus. There are things in your life that you don't know you need yet, and Jesus can be the gift, and he can be that aspect of your life. As I've matured in my walk with God, and I thought I was getting somewhere, I finally realized I actually was so far away, and I still needed that gift. I still needed Jesus to help me with my attitude. I still needed Jesus to help me with my empathy. I still needed Jesus to help me with my compassion. I still needed Jesus to help me with love. I still needed needed Jesus to help me be able to be a better listener. See, like, this is the cool thing about the gift that Jesus is, is that he's the gift that keeps giving. It's Christmas every day for you if you want it. That's the great thing about Jesus is that he can be the gift for you tomorrow in an area that you didn't know you needed and that you don't have to go purchase it. You can go receive it by accepting and allowing Jesus to be the gift that he wants to be in your life. See, a lot of us, it's like we wrap up Jesus as just this God who gets us to eternity and gets us out of hell. And the problem with that is is that there's so much more that Jesus wants to be for you. He doesn't want to be a seasonal thing. He wants to be a thing that you live your life pursuing and accepting into your heart. Look, he is the gift that will allow you to continue to live life discovering the goodness of who he is. You can live the rest of your life discovering 
oh my gosh, you, you've ever gotten a gift and it's like, you, it does like multiple things. It's like the Swiss Army knife, right? You get it, you're like, oh my gosh, it has a knife. Oh my gosh, it has scissors. Oh my gosh, it has a, it has a life preserver. Oh my gosh, it has this. And oh my gosh, it's like, it is, you just, it's like never ending. That is the epitome of Jesus. He is that gift. Yeah, like a legitimate life person. You hit the button, and it's like, you didn't, no, I'm just being serious. It's silly. It's like, the point is, is a Swiss army knife. You're like, oh my gosh, what does this thing not have? <laughs> right? And that's, that is, in, in essence, what Jesus is, is he is the gift that when you need him, he's that next thing that you need. Again, going back to that very first point, Jesus came to rescue you, rescue us from ourselves. I need that every day. <laughs> Every day I, Brian, get in the way of God, of what Jesus wants to do in my life. I'm like, dang it. Like, he rescues me from me all the time. He rescues you from you all the time. And I was thinking about, as we kind of move into this next, this next passage, it's found in Matthew 2. And we've read this story, but... I want to hit on something because we talked about Herod, right? We talked about how Herod, you know, was wanting to kill Jesus. But I want you to know a little bit about Herod. I want you to kind of see a different aspect about Herod because we all see Herod as this bad, evil person, which he was. But in verse 13, it says this in Matthew 2. After the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up. Flee to Egypt with the child and his mother, the angel said. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. See, I think that what we all have to understand is that we all have Herod in us. There is an aspect of us that wants to remain on the throne. There is an aspect of us that doesn't want to give up the throne. We want to keep we want to stay in control of our lives, right? I mean, have you ever caught yourself trying to control your own life? That's Herod. And Herod doesn't like anybody else. Herod doesn't like Jesus because Jesus threatens his throne. Have you ever tried to control your life to such a degree that you actually won't even let Jesus take control of your life? So the second point that I kind of want to hit on is this, is that control keeps Jesus from being the gift he intends to be, right? There is a desire for Jesus to be a gift in your life, but control says, I don't need that gift. I'm not going to open that gift. I'm fine. And while the tree has this gift sitting underneath it, hypothetically, because we control our lives, we push that gift away and we say, I'm fine. I can control my life. And this is exactly what Herod did, is that Herod had an opportunity to receive Jesus just like every one of us. But control and, and the fear of losing his throne threatened Jesus being able to be available in his life. And here's the reality, is that Herod eventually dies. And Herod died without the opportunity to allow Jesus to be the gift because of control. Here's what I want, I, want to, I want to confront with you today is how many of you are keeping Jesus at a distance because of controlling of your own lives? Because you want to control your own life. You want to try to predict your future. You want to try to, you want to, try to create certainty in your life. That's what Herod tried to do. Can I tell you, Herod failed. 
And Herod missed the opportunity to allow the gift that was supposed to be given be able to, to fall into his life. You know, we have to work intentionally to let Jesus live and lead our lives. Every day I have to let Jesus lead my life. I never woken up and Jesus says, hey, this is what we're doing today. Never. I've always had to say, okay, Herod, today you're not in control. Jesus, you're in control. Where do we go? What do we do? What do you have for me? Because every day Herod wakes up in my life and wants to control me. The, the, the threatening of, of what do you have for my Lord? Lord, I mean, look, I want to be in control. I want to be perceived as this. I want this. See, Herod was afraid of his reputation being tarnished to lose him being the man. For all honest, a lot of us men fall prey to that, right? To lose our reputation to be the man in our household, in our workplace, in our reputation with our friends, whatever it is. And that really keeps, it really keeps us in control and not Jesus. Jesus, you know, I have to work super intentionally to allow Jesus to be what he needs to be in my life. While he is a gift, I have to be intentional on letting him be that gift. Same thing for you is that you have to work hard because Herod is going to wake up you every morning and say, hey, you're in control of you. You do what you want to do. You do how you, oh, you don't want to do devotional? Don't do devotional today. You don't need that anyway. I mean, you're doing great. I mean, look at you. You're smiling in the mirror. Look at you. You don't even need makeup today. I mean, right? Like Herod will champion you not having a devotional life, you not showing up to church, you not loving people like you're called to love them. Herod will show up every day and encourage you to control and to lead your own life. But imagine if we ever got to the place where we said, Jesus, you're my gift. What do you want me to do? What do you have for me? See, Herod is the perfect example of ourselves. We try and eliminate him to keep our place on our throne. We, we, we want that throne, but we want Jesus too. And that's the problem. She can't have both. I mean, you ever seen like, what is it, mus- musical chairs? Right? You like, you're like going real slow. And then, the, you know, it's, at the beginning, everybody's going faster because there's a lot of chairs. But at a certain point when there's one chair and there's two people, somebody's getting bootied off that thing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the big butt wins, right? I'm just kidding. Oh, man. But right, like that's what happens with us, with Herod and Jesus. Is, is that, that that's, that's what threatens Jesus is us. Herod needed Jesus way more than he needed his throne. And I want you to know you need Jesus way more than you need your throne. Way more than you need whatever it is that you're allowing your life to control and dictate your future. False, here's the deal. Herod represents false hope. Herod promised that he, he lived a place. Like Herod was false hope. Jesus was the ultimate hope. He, see, false hope, Herod will always try to replace Jesus. False hope will always try to replace real hope. How many of you guys have put your hope in something that failed you? That's Herod. Herod will always fail us. And Jesus came to be the gift that would never fail us, never leave us, never forsake us. And every one of us this morning have access not to just celebrate Christmas. Well, that's great. I hope you have an incredible Christmas. 
I hope you, got, I hope you get everything you didn't even want. Because <laughs> that's probably what's going to happen, right? Like, oh, yeah, they'll like this. Like, does my friend even know me? Does my family even know me? <laughs> but the reality is, is that, like, don't let Jesus just be a gift that sits under a tree. And it's like, well, I'll get to him when I can. We, here's the deal. We are, say I am, the biggest threat to my future. That is the truth. Herod, Herod was his biggest, Herod's problem was Herod. Your problem and my problem without Jesus is us. We are ultimately our biggest problem. And in that, we threaten, we threaten our futures. I don't want to get to the place where I have allowed the Herod in me to control my life to where I get to the end of my life and I see that my future has been robbed and stolen because I wanted to control and dictate my, my life. And this is where Jesus comes in to be the gift that says, look, you don't have to let Herod control your life. Run to Egypt. Flee to Egypt if you need to. Get away from him. And I think that that should say something to you, that sometimes you're going to have to run from you. The last thing is Matthew 1, 23. It says this. It says, look, this is actually a prophecy of Isaiah 7. And they're rereading this. And this is what it says. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, when you hear that, if we're all honest in here, oftentimes when we think about God, when we think about Jesus, Jesus is in heaven. He's this distant God. He did come, but he did go. And it's real hard sometimes to, to be reminded that Jesus, the scripture says that he came to be with us. Not just to, to come and die for us. And that's the third point that I really want to set up for all of us to know and to understand. And this is not any like just crazy revelation that I'm giving you. This is just standard stuff. But I think it's important that we be reminded of the gift that Jesus is. And that's this, that Jesus didn't come just, Jesus didn't just come for us, but to be with us. He didn't just come for us. He came to be with us. Now, Jesus didn't just come to die for you. He came to literally be with you. Right now, Jesus lives through the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. That this is not a distant God that he might hear you and he might not. No, this is a God that when you pray the prayers and you whisper the whispers and you go through the things you go through, that you don't go through it alone. Because Emmanuel means God with us. God is with you. God is with you in your desires and your ambitions and the gifts and the callings. God is with you, not just dying for you. But see, sometimes we can excuse it and be like, oh yeah, God died for my sins. No, he died for your sins, but he also came to be with you in life. And that really changes the way that you do life, the way that you allow God in your world. Proverbs, Proverbs 13, 12 says this. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. 
but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. See here, why do I read that? Because I want you to understand the fact that Jesus became, came to be with us is what gives me hope. It is, what, it is the reality of hope. That Jesus is hope, not because he died for my sins, that is what he gave me hope, but he's also, I have hope because he is with me. Everything that I go through, I don't have to go through alone. Everything that I go through, I get to go through it with God. He is with me. He is with you right now. And your disappointment and your depression and your discouragement and your joys and your praises and all the things, he's in, with, he's in all of those things. And I love at the very end, it says, and hope deferred makes the heart sick. So in other words, what's the enemy of hope? Time. Right? Like if you think about it, if you lose, if, if something takes longer than it should have, what do you do? You lose hope. So the enemy of hope is time. And so when things don't happen as fast or the way that you wanted them, you lose hope. You get a heart, it makes your heart sick. But then it goes on and it says this, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. See, hope gives us the courage to see something fulfilled in our lives. And that's why he came not to just die for us, but to be with you. To be the hope, to give you, to, to champion you on as you go through things that are time sensitive, right? Seed time harvest, like that time thing gets us to lose hope. For some of you all, the thing, that's what's gotten you. But I want you to know that in that time thing, God is with you in it. That's the beauty of this gift that Jesus is. That he's with you right now in this time thing. I can't believe how, so that you don't lose hope. So that your heart doesn't get deferred. Imagine, many of you are living in hope and you don't even realize it. Because the, uh, the, if you really don't have hope, what is that? That means you don't have light. It's darkness. That's what you feel like. People that have lost hope, they feel depressed. They're dark. Jesus, what did I read earlier? He is the light that extinguished darkness. In other words, there is always hope with Jesus. That right now, the room, maybe it may be dark in your world right now. But I want you to know that there is light. Because Jesus is alive. He is in you. He is the gift that he's supposed to be in your life. But you have to be able to be willing to flip on the light. Allow Jesus to be the God with you. How many of you know that if my wife is for me and she wants to be with me, just because she wants to be with me doesn't mean she's with me unless I give her access to me. Unless I say, hey, all right, I'm going to let you in the room. I'm going to unlock the door. I'm going to open it so you can get in. That is the epitome of Jesus as our gift. That Jesus is waiting and God is not going to beat a door down but he will definitely be waiting at the door if you're willing to open it because he is hope. Hope for a world that didn't know they needed him. He is the gift you and I didn't know we needed. So what would your life look like if you didn't have hope? Imagine your life without hope. See, Jesus didn't just come to bring us hope. And then be like, hey, 
Hope you find it. Hope you have a great time. No, he didn't just come to give hope. He came to be hope. That's a different, that's two different things. To give hope and to be hope are two different things. Jesus didn't just come to be and to drop it off and be like, hope you find it. No, he came to show you and say, no, 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 this is yours. This is yours. You have access to this. His arrival, it's obvious the word Advent, right? This is where we get the word Advent for, for Christmas. It's the arrival of. That's what we have been waiting for four weeks, right? As the first week of, of December happened. And each one of those has a meaning leading up to Jesus coming into the earth. And here's the beauty of it, is that Jesus showed up. There was talk about it for thousands of years. People prophesied about it and prophesied about it and prophesied about it. And when it looked like he wasn't going to show up, and when it looked like there was no hope, all of a sudden, the arrival of hope came. His arrival into a broken world reveals the level of interest he has in you. Thousands of years ago, Jesus came so that he could be with you today. That's fascinating. That's how much interest Jesus has in your individual life today is that he gave his life to be a gift for you individually. Because he cares about you as an individual and what you're going through and where you're at in your world and in your problems and in your pain and in your situation. That's the cool thing. You don't have to borrow my hope you have your own. His name is Jesus. Jesus' arrival delivered hope to us in ways that we didn't know. I love that as I started off the scripture where he shows up in a field of shepherds who those shepherds were holding sheep that they used to sacrifice in the temples. Reminding them, hey, those sheep are no longer going to be needed. Those sheep are no longer needed. I'm here to be the great sacrifice and to be the ultimate gift for the world. That he shows up to people who have been giving, what were those sheep? False hope. Those sheep were a representation. Oh, I can give you hope for a little while, but not eternally. That's Jesus for you. Jesus doesn't give you hope for a year or a situation or a circumstance. Jesus gives you hope for a lifetime. And I hope you will leave this place this morning knowing and understanding and have a revel- having a revelation of the gift that God truly is. Not from a, a macro, but a micro where you understand him personally. That the story Christmas isn't a story for everybody else, but it's a story for you. That God gave himself to rescue you from you so you didn't have to have control of you, so that you could lose control of you, so ultimately that he could be with you. That is the beauty of the Christmas story. We've all put hope in something that failed us. 
the room is full of people who got seduced into believing something else would give you hope and it failed you. My prayer for you this morning is that you would put your hope not in a person, not in a thing, not in a situation, not in a circumstance, but in the man, the person, Jesus Christ. That you would unwrap that gift and you would claim it as yours. That you would own it and say, that's mine. You can stand as I close. how many gifts you get to this weekend, no matter how many Christmas lights you go look at, no matter how incredible your Christmas tree looks like, no matter how many people gather around your tree this week, your life remains dark without Christ being the Christ that he's intended to be for you. I pray that you will open up the gift Maybe you're like, I've I've received Jesus, I get it. But that doesn't mean you're accessing the gift that was intended to be accessed. That this week as you sit around a tree and you open up presents, that you will be reminded that, that while everything may give you temporal happiness, there are things that you're gonna get and you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you even thought about this for me. Maybe be reminded of the fact that if a person thought that much about you, what do you think your Savior thinks about you? If a person could go out of their way to surprise you and to show you how much you're loved, how much more could the gift of Jesus be for you? So while you sit around the tree and you celebrate, be reminded that there is a gift waiting that you didn't know you needed in ways that you didn't know you could have it is the gift and his name is Jesus so I want to pray because I believe that you can have supernatural encounters with God whether it be your immediate family whether it be just you maybe even taking a minute before you open anything this week and say thank you Jesus for the gift that you are God that you did save me from me that you allowed me to not have to have control of my life God that you did not come just for me but to be with me so Lord I thank you for every person in this room and God there's a story attached to every single person here God that there are desires there are pain points there are situations God there are family there are different uniquenesses God in the room Father I thank you that you came Father, I thank you this morning, God, that while we celebrate Christmas, God, that we would be reminded that you are the ultimate gift in the the ways that you are for our lives. We thank you, 
Jesus, for the work that you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. God, let us, as we close out a year coming up in a week, desire to allow you to be what you're called to be in our lives in new ways. In Jesus' name. This morning you may have prayed a prayer. You may have said you wanted to receive Jesus. But it really, truly never changed your heart, never changed your lifestyle. You kept on living the life that you were already living. And this morning you recognize, I need Jesus to truly save me. I need to give my life and my heart to him so that it transforms me. And I realize sin has controlled my life for far too long. And this morning I want to give him my life. I want to surrender over my life for him to be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you in the room this morning, what an incredible gift you're about to receive. The gift of eternity through the man, Jesus. And if that's you this morning, you say, that's me, I want to give my life and my heart to Jesus. I want to truly commit my life and my heart to him. If that's you, if you would slip your hand up real quick, I just want to pray with you this morning. So that's me. I want to give my life and my heart to Jesus. Thank you for that hand. Anybody else this morning said, that's me. Thank you for that hand. Come on, you're going to have something to celebrate this year for sure. Come on, anybody else? Say, that's me. I'm giving my life and my heart to Jesus fully. Thank you for those hands. Let's pray this prayer. For those of you who raised your hand, Again, I want you to make this personal with yourself, but I just want to help walk you through this. That your heart would be repentive. You would say, I, want to, I, need to, I need to repent of these sins. And so let's pray this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of these sins. I ask you, Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart. Save me from these sins. I thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross. That you rose again on the third. Ask you, Jesus, reveal the destiny and the purpose you have for my life. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on, can we give them a hand this morning? That's what it's all about.